Welcome back to another Bare Necessities podcast. I'm your host, Austin. And with me again, my gracious co-host, Reese. Reese, how you doing this yeah. week, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's been, uh, once again, another tough week to be a Bears fan. And something tells me that's not going to change. Um, but yeah, all in all, you know, kind of like Justin Fields, you, know, you kind of just you start to appreciate the little things in life. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, take a walk on the beach. Yeah, if you don't exactly. have a beach, maybe go on a walk on a lake or something. Hit the old lakes with the fishing pole, like Reese, you like to do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Lakes, rivers. I mean, that's what. I'm going to probably sneak in some of that at some point this weekend, uh, either like Saturday morning before the college football, or I'll figure something out. You know, it's, it's tough in football season now because fall is a good time to fish, but it's a lot to work around. College football, pretty good weekend. I know. I think it's an underrated weekend. Some people are hating on it. It is. You know, USC, Colorado. It's one of those weekends you feel like something's going to go weird. Something's going to happen this week. Don't say that, you man. Know? You always just hope it's not your team. No, yeah, exactly. don't say but, that. Man, I I go into every weekend like that, you know, and then I can finally breathe until that's why I feel bad for you, you know, watching USC games. You got to wait till like you can't even enjoy that college football slate. That's what I like about Big Ten country. You know, you, you yeah. get into that game. Hopefully you have that 11, you know, central kickoff or that oh, 230. Yeah. Get it out of the way with hope, hopefully run away with that dub and then enjoy the rest of the college football. <laughs> this, this weekend for USC uh, on Eastern time right now is the only only time that i've felt has been enjoyable thus far as far as kickoff goes uh and it's at it's a 12 mm. slate somehow uh colorado right. they scheduled early. it after the oregon game or like right before the oregon game got the early kickoff that was surprising to me i don't know if it's like they don't want to hype up the students that much because typically when usc comes to play the school schedule us for night games uh, especially on the road um but or at least under the Clay or uh, the Lincoln Riley era, definitely not the Clay Helton era. Um, but I would say, man, it's it's a li- Colorado's doing some weird things. They canceled some recruit visits. Not sure if they are afraid or what's going on, but um, yeah, I, I was a little bit surprised here. Yeah, I mean, um, look, I have, I like, I don't. Obviously, USC is your team. I've always liked USC. Obviously, they're not my team, but, you know, I'm usually not actively rooting for them to lose, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, so I'd hope yeah. that USC wins that game. With that being said, I, I, you know, I have nothing against Colorado either. Um, and I think that the turnaround that they've already had has been good. I think some people, it was really weird because I feel like some people elevated them just because they wanted to be able to rip on them when they went down. You know, they're yeah. really trying to gas them up to like, you know, just burn up the downfall. Um, and I don't think they're going to have a complete downfall, but they have two of their toughest opponents just back to back. And that's that's real tough. And even though they have it at home, I mean, USC is clearly through and through the more experienced and, and developed team and, you know, more talent. I think Colorado has raw talent, but, you know, it's still early on and, and you know, Coach Prime and Dion's time there. Um, so yeah, I well, mean, I think that it's probably predictably going to go something like that Oregon game went. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be that bad just because I think that they might score. I think they're going to score more on us potentially. 
but like I don't know. I I think that USC and will play like I don't think it's necessarily indicative of who's a better school, USC or Oregon. Um, but I I do think that USC's defense is certainly more porous at times. Um, so I, it wouldn't surprise me if they scored a little bit more. Dion's doing a great job with the program. I just think that the expectations like the expectations coming into the season were probably too low for him. And then the first two games were too high, I would say, because both TCU and TCU took a huge step back and uh, sorry for our, our Nebraska fans, but not a great program. Um, even and Especially I, I'm not a huge Matt rule guy either, uh, to be completely honest with you. So I, I think that program will be in flux for a while too. Uh, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. USC joined the big 10 next year. They catch another L next yeah. this week <laughs> i hope i hope so for Colorado. um well, i was saying for nebraska because they're playing michigan but that's all <laughs> all right well talking talking more about the bears man I, I we gotta talk we gotta start off the show as we always do in the midweek episode how's this chief's loss sitting with you yeah i mean uh the losses just keep getting worse uh, than the last i mean i think heading into it you know, we both knew that it was very unlikely they're going to beat the Chiefs. So I think taking a loss was like, I could accept that. It's not the loss that bothers me. Obviously, the way that they lost was terrible. You know, you don't like to get boat raced like that, um, which they were. You know, they scored their points in garbage time. At least they finally scored. But, you know, it's kind of like, okay. You know, it was like the it was a vibe of a, of a college football game. And, you know, they're out there playing their backups. And you're like, you know. That's tough to eat in the NFL. It's a little different. Um, so it was, I think it still stings. Um, I think too, as far as like, if you're trying to get over a loss, like I, more this season, I've been trying to listen to the, listen to the press conferences. Like sometimes I can't be asked, but this year with kind of how it's been um, coaching wise and all the question marks there, like I really like to see the way that they try to explain themselves. And I'd say if you're trying to get over a bears loss, don't listen to the press conferences this yeah. year. They don't really help you. <laughs> if no. anything, it gets me more pissed off. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's funny that you said that because I was thinking the same thing. Um, just Getsy today saying that he feels like they're building oh, something yeah. special. I'm just like, man, That's, you're missing the, the, the part that got me. The part that got me of his was the. Uh, he was like, you know, not all 11 guys out there are just not executing. And I'm like, if that's not an indictment on your job, yeah. like, <laughs> what is? Like, dude, that's your job. Like, get them in order. Like, you're the one that's supposed to have them organized. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also tired of hearing the whole wear close uh, comment from Matt Eberflus oh, yeah. because just in general, <laughs> man, he, like, I, I almost feel like this Bears coaching staff, and this has happened with, you see this kind of frequently with coaching staffs is that they their honesty starts out really high in the beginning. And then once hardship starts to happen, they start fearing for their job. So they just keep, start lying about what's actually happening on the field. And I feel like we're officially at that point. Once Getsy's making comments, oh, like I feel sure. like we're building something special. Iberflus saying we're close when in reality, each loss has gotten worse. And like <laughs> since last season. So I like, I just... I, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of hearing this. Like I would much, and, and this partially I would say is on Bears media. Let's try to get some different responses on a, on the, all these guys. I know that can be difficult to make comments to, but I mean, hey, let's let's try to experiment with some of our question asking because 
pretty much the exact same line of questions every single week. Um, but yeah, I, I've resorted to the yeah. point where I don't even watch the full press conferences anymore. I just will wait for the people to quote them on Twitter because it's just too yeah, depressing fair. to watch. I mean, it's like you guys have how many? Okay, so we're officially three weeks out from 17 straight, right? Yeah, we've lost right. 14 straight at the moment. Or no, 13. So we're four. But I think we're. I like, thought we were 13 last week. No. I think it was 13 I, after the loss. Okay, you might be. You might be right. It, it might be um, 14. But it's like 13. at this point, it's like might as well just keep automatically adding them on. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and either way, if it like if we were playing in the NFL a couple seasons ago, 16 straight would be a full season. So all I'm going to say is the next three games: Broncos, Commanders, and Vikings. Not a very tough slate. If you can't make up any traction and like, even if the offense looks good, if you can't win any of these games, you have no reason to be coaching in the NFL. This, this is insane. No, no good coaching staff loses a full season's worth of games straight. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think like, you know, I think we've gone to this multiple times about kind of excusing last year, but like, even then they still managed to win three games last year. And it's like, you can't find a matchup or something along the way, something in game that you're able to, to manipulate and find a way to like eke out a win. And, you know, like you said, I think you're kind of alluding to it after the Tampa Bay game. It's like, they're a little bit of like professional losers at this point. Like (laughs) even when they look like they are in position to do something like they were in the Tampa Bay game, you expect them to do it wrong. And I think that that's just, that's not the way that you should look at your coaching staff. I think too, like, you know, we're starting to get to the point where if they lose this game against the Broncos at home and then like, I think it starts to creep in then, but I think even, you know, if they follow up with a loss on the Thursday night to the commanders, we're talking about losing the locker room in, in week, what? Six then like that, that locker room is going to be toast because I think that as frustrating as it is, you know, as a fan to sit here and listen to some of the press conferences or as frustrating as it is for maybe some of the media, um, to hear the same thing over and over, at some point, like, you know, the players just lose respect to the coaches too. Oh yeah. And, and like and I, it almost it seems like some of that's almost already crept in, but like totally losing the locker room is certainly in play if these next two games do not go well. Yeah, absolutely. I think the bigger, like, <laughs> my dog is chasing her tail around right next to me. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, having dogs, yeah, is really fun, especially when you're recording podcasts and they like to bark. Um, exactly. my, the other thing that I was going to say more so is, again, Matt Eberflus, he's the rah-rah type of coach. He doesn't – he uh, when the message – when he – preaches a winning message and that winning message does nothing but lose games on the field then yeah it's 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 pretty frustrating for the players they try to buy into what he's saying but at the end of the day you if you keep losing you're not going to believe in his bullshit you're going to think he's incompetent and the bigger part about this is a Matt Eberflus has really no reputation in the NFL as far as being a head coach obviously as a coordinator he was extremely respected but the bigger thing is like when you have a coach that's defensive or offensive minded 
your main priority, the, the main reason you hire them typically outside of leadership is for them to give you a competitive, sustainable advantage on one side of the ball that's consistent and is kind of just your team's level setting, something that's going to be consistent year to year. Um, for our team, the defense is horrible. And this gets into kind of like where Chuck, this is going to be a weird comparison, but like when Chuck Pagano was with the Indianapolis Colts, where he, there was excuses being made, but at the end of the day, like whatever was said, whatever they're winning or losing, even though they had Andrew Luck, hit what he was supposed to be good at defense was bad every year and got worse every year. And we're hitting that point with Matt Eberflus where it's like, okay, your winning mentality isn't working. You're not bringing us a competitive advantage to either side of the ball. What are you providing this team? Yeah, no, exactly. I think that that's really going to start to wear thin. And I think it definitely already has, at least in, in the fans mind. I mean, like you said, when the messaging becomes so consistent and it doesn't lead to on field results, it's just infuriating, you know, and to hear the point, like, Yes, after you just got a, a forty burger hung on you, you're gonna come out here and say we're close. <laughs> it's it's ironic, you know, to say the least. Um, I'd say that does the trick. That'll do it. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, I'd say that'll do it. Matty Rafusi, the, the Chiefs throw forty on him. Yeah, that'll do close. it. <laughs> oh man. It's, uh, it's 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 hot it's hard and i think like i look back and i'm like man there's one point where you know some of the media and even us on this podcast were like ah oh, you know it's gonna suck when luke gets gets poached by another team to be a head coach i think that's <laughs> off <laughs> i think that's off now i mean oh, i think uh, we're retreating back to like is his next position going to be an offensive coordinator position or is it going to be like an assistant yeah i see <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly oh. like uh it's just weird. It's weird how this team has progressed, you know, because I think that there was some hope and, you know, it really seems to. I think the ultimate the ultimate terrible thing isn't even all these losses stacking up. It seems like they're dragging fields down with them. And I can't blame, you know, the Bears if they decide to move on from Justin Fields, you know, because we had talked about so much about getting kind of everything in order, you know, making sure that the Bears actually do things in the right order this time instead of, going with head coach, then GM, and then like wrapping up with the president instead of, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, you can walk it back all the way into starting out with the quarterback before all of that. Um, but you know, all that kind of hope that we had for, for fields in 2021 and then him breaking out with his legs last year in 2022, it seems to have all just that momentum has, has faded, uh, which and I think is, is sad for what they've done to his career. Something that we also said at, at the beginning of this year is it's not like they also couldn't have drafted a quarterback. They could, I mean, they could have drafted any of these quarterbacks. And I'm not saying that they made yeah. the wrong decision by any means because, again, this quarterback class, I think there's two guys that are definitely way better than anyone in the last class. And you can make arguments for some of these other guys too. Um, but... Uh, you had your you had an opportunity to and you passed on that presumably also as a coaching staff obviously we wouldn't know that because those conversations happen behind closed doors but you also got given a quarterback with just a ton of talent ha has shown the ability to have some level of success in the nfl doing it all on his own 
At the same time, you can constantly see what holds us back is pretty consistently the play calling. And I again, I'm not even going to say that I don't think Justin Fields could be good on another team. I just think that this situation and like this play caller, it's just not meshing. Um, and like that's where would it surprise me if Justin Fields like reshapes his season and puts together a half decent season for him? Or we kind of look back at it. Like we looked back last year and been like, dang, he like actually started performing well, but we still weren't winning. No, that wouldn't surprise me at all. But I I mean, at the end of the day, we do have an issue, a clear issue, and it's probably this coaching staff. And I just don't want to go through the situation, especially if we have a high draft pick of trying to, you know, do the Daniel Jones thing where you, you give your fourth year quarterback to your next coaching staff and be like, please fix this. Yeah, no, I know. I, I get exactly what you mean. And I think with Getsy and his play call, like play calling that irks me, but I think also it's the play design too, that really bothers me. Um, and then I, I think that kind of what he was saying in his press conference a little bit today was like, okay, some people are out of position, not doing what they're supposed to be. But to me, that still falls on him. Like, you, you know, get everyone in order. Like, make sure everyone knows yeah. the plays. And It's um, the overall sloppiness on offense. It's the same exactly. issue with Matt Nagy. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think, too, and I know that we are messaging a little bit back on it. It's kind of interesting when you look at, at Ryan Poles. And I, I think I expressed in the last our last podcast after the game that, you know, I'm not necessarily calling for him to be fired, but – um. I know Austin, you and I had talked a little bit about like, it's just so weird that kind of the way that this team was built out a little bit, like, yes, that this team put a lot of assets into the defense in this off season and even into the defensive line, like they drafted two interior defensive linemen, but still it's like what this defense in order for Ibrafus to get his defense to work the way that he wants with, you know, the Tampa two, not really bringing extra pressure a lot, you know, rushing with your front four. You need basically a dominant. Like, it can't really just be, like, you know, somewhat above average. You need a pretty, you know, very good to dominant defensive line to be able to, like, provide pressure at the front four and then be able to feel comfortable dropping back the other seven into coverage. Um, and, you know, for the most part, Ryan Poles hasn't really delivered that. And I know that kind of stemmed from a tweet about um, Pickens pass, pass rush win rate being 0.0. 0. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> great, great start to the season for Zach Pickens. Um, like, listen, I, I know that you're definitely more on the side that we probably are diverting a little too much blame from Ryan Poles. I, I don't blame him as much. Um, just mostly because like I realistically, if this season went down where the offense was dominant, but the defense still sucked, I don't think anyone would really bat an eye, to be honest. Like if the Bears offense took that next step that we thought they could and Justin Fields took that next step that we thought he could and like the talent around him would suggest that he should be able to with, then I I don't think that we would be questioning Ryan Poles. I think that the essence of this is this this was a multiple year rebuild in whatever way we did it. If we added an edge rusher, if we added whoever, we'd still have to draw this thing out another year. And I would personally rather lose by our defense right now because I view that as a lot more fixable than losing by our quarterback. Yes. And I get like, that. I the main thing though I I will say is I t- I think he is uh 
the perpetrator for two main things on this Bears team. The first one being the coaching staff. And I know I've drawn into question and I feel like we sometimes even influence Bears Twitter a little bit because <laughs> I, I I see people tweeting out about, oh, how it's either ridiculous to think that Ryan Poles didn't actually pick the coaching staff. I, I don't know. I, I have my own theories. And again, this was something that I theorized with Ryan Poles too, or sorry, Pace too, before it came out that he didn't pick John Fox. And it would not surprise me at all if this ownership handed him over a set of candidates and he had to pick from that set of candidates. Or that was a part of the evaluation process being like, who, like, are you okay with one of these candidates? I don't know. At the end of the day, I don't know. But it just would seem odd to me that one of the youngest GMs in the NFL would put together a head coaching candidate list of Jim Caldwell, uh, Dan Quinn, and Matt yeah. Eberflus. That doesn't seem yeah. uh, uh, consistent with the youth in the NFL. Yeah. And, like, also, too, since I was, I'm not trying to, like, fully be on the side of, like, you know, include GM on cleaning the house. Cause I think like credit where credit's due, right? Like you said, like they kind of had to make choices and you know, they didn't want to put all the capital into, you know, fixing all the issues or, or making some signings that they would regret. And, you know, they went out and for the most part prioritized offensive line, of course, as the free agent signing and, and like Darnell Wright is looking like a very, a very solid pick. Like he's playing yeah. at a, at a high level. So, I mean, you have to give him credit for that too. And, and it's just disappointing though. Um, that like on the defensive side, it's like, if I, if I have to argue or vouch for Eberflus at all, right? Like if I'm in Eberflus's camp, I'm being like, well, I don't have the defensive line to make this defense yeah. work. That's what and I would say. That's fair. You that's know? absolutely fair. Like, Again, we we haven't dedicated that much. I think the bigger issue at times with polls is that it seems like he chooses to pass on some players that I don't think he should pass on. Um, and like I, I I know one of the players I've been mentioning is Tuli Tui Pelotu, who's been the best edge rushing rookie in the NFL right now. And I'm not saying that I'll continue, or but I I do think that. That was a huge miss. He was picked one pick after Javon Dexter. And I do like Dexter, but it's hard to to see the way Javon's playing right now and then Thule and be like, okay, we made the right pick, especially when both were needs. And arguably, I mean, we brought in Billings in the offseason. We had Justin Jones. Like, you could, you know, you could make the argument that we needed defensive tackle or three technique less. I know it's more of a scheme thing for Eberflus, but um, it just, it, it didn't, it seems like we missed on one there. And then also, I mean, I'm not, and again, I'm not going to throw a huge, I, I find it silly to talk uh, about the Jalen Carter uh, situation yeah, again, I mean, because yeah. I, I just can't imagine Jalen Carter doing what he's doing on this horrible bears team. In fact, I think that this toxic environment that currently is occurring was the exact reason why we didn't pick Jalen Carter, because we thought that if that happened, he might lash out in a situation or, or he might not be built for that sort of uh, environment to reach his potential. Again, the Eagles and the bears are in literally polar opposite positions right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's very true. You couldn't, they're about as far away on that, that NFL spectrum as you could 
as you could go, right? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. No, and I then mean, another I, player like Valus Jones too. Like Valus, he wasn't a good pick. Clearly a bust uh, no. at this point. Well, it's like outside of Darnell Wright in this past draft. Like Javon Dexter is slowly coming on. It's tough. Like even like someone like Tyler Scott. It's like you can almost kind of say. And I think it comes down to offensive usage. Like, are we a little disappointed of that pick yeah. so far? Like, yeah, like we I haven't mean, seen t- too much. Tyler Scott, I I think he, again, he's a what was he a fourth or a fifth round pick? I I'm not again. I think it was fourth. I think fourth. Yeah, fourth rounder. I think that this draft has been good enough to pass by with also getting the. DJ Moore and also getting the additional first round pick next year. That's likely at this that was big. at this yeah. rate going to be a, a, a top it's five overall good. pick. Uh, yeah, we might have one and two get two quarterbacks <laughs> and ruin both of them. Um, <laughs> uh, That's what then, they would do too. You know, like we want to make sure we're secure at backup or starter. <laughs> oh man. But I do, you, you know what the second most important position on the field, on the team is the backup quarterback, <laughs> the old, <laughs> old football saying, Oh man. But the one thing I was also going to say, the other thing on bears Twitter that I've been seeing lately that I absolutely hate is when people are like, Oh, uh, Caleb Williams doesn't make this game any better. I'm like, well, probably does. Like, so there are, there are maybe not this previous game, but in former games, there are just throws that Fields missed or actually just turned down. I'm not even going to say missed because typically he gives a pretty good pass when he decides to make one that there's no way in hell Caleb Williams missed that pass. Well, that doesn't take that pass. And that's what's what that so special from, about though. Caleb is that he, like, he has the ability of making really flashy plays on the run, but he is just as deadly in the pocket. Yeah, I think people just they come with that criticism because of that the one trait of holding the ball sometimes, you know. Um, yeah. But not that that's every rep. I, I think that's just where people see the plays where he's holding on to it for four seconds back there, and they're like, they're like, see. See, this is exactly what Justin does. You know? The difference is that um, people are actually <laughs> not open in those plays. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's hopefully we don't, I don't know, we might be hitting that conversation here after a loss to the Broncos. <laughs> but yeah. I said, hopefully we don't have to go full draft mode here this early in the season. Because you know what? I was thinking about this this morning, too, because – you know, obviously it's clear because we talk about college football a lot on this podcast that you and I both watch a lot of college football. Um, but man, even some of these players, like it's fun during most seasons to be like, Oh, like he would be cool on the bears or even just for other teams be like, Oh, he would a good, be a good fit, you know, on this team, you know, watching like his athletic traits or the way that they yeah. play the game. And it's tough doing that with the bears right now, man. Cause they just do so little, right. That it's like, Honestly, it's tough to even do like a plug in a certain player and they make them so much better. It's just so defeating, honestly. Yeah. Well, in my head, when I'm already thinking draft, I'm thinking of a different coaching staff. So uh, (laughs) I like I I think it would be inexcusable if this season progresses the way we think it's going to progress for you to keep this coaching staff. That would be I would be completely out on Ryan Poles if he made that decision. I think that would be super, super stupid. Um, But yeah, you know, it's. It's 
we're getting to that. I mean, these next three weeks will really determine my outlook on the draft as as to where the Bears will likely be picking. Um, because I, I mean, right, the ESPN gave us a thirty, like their analytics department gave us a thirty eight percent likelihood to get the first overall pick. That might be the highest likelihood I've ever heard for getting the first overall pick. Every power rankings has got us at like thirty two, man. <laughs> I mean, everyone, and you can't blame them. I mean, even with the Broncos getting beat by by 70, or not by 70, but getting 70 points scored on them, losing by 50, like that's that's still better. (laughs) And they're they're favored against us at home, where we're at home. Happy Father's Day to uh, all the Bears fans out there. Yeah. (sighs) All right. Uh, (laughs) Um (laughs) <laughs> Let's talk about the Broncos. Um, I don't even know where to start because the Bears have, in my opinion, a much better team as far as talent goes. But, the, I mean, realistically, this is a team that, that there's only been four teams in history that have scored 70 points in a game. Okay. One of them was the Chicago Bears in the championship against the Redskins. And that was in like 1940 or 30 or something like that. No team since the 60s have scored 70-plus points. So this just shows you how bad this defense is for this team. Um, they've been horrible to this point. But at the same time, I mean, we see people on on Twitter saying it's the uh, the Bears' offense is the <laughs> immovable uh, – immovable, or sorry, the, the Broncos' defense is the movable object versus the Bears' – stoppable for <laughs> god that was hard to even go through but it's it's yeah. true man it, it's that's what it is no and like i to give an early impression on the game like both these defenses are bad you know and like you can clearly say okay maybe one is worse than the others but i'm gonna go for like i'm just gonna err on the side of the offense that can consistently score some points you know obviously 20 last week for the broncos wasn't the best showing but their offense is looking far better at this moment than the Bears. I mean, yeah. that's just simply put. Um, right, so I think that, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Uh, let's let's get into some of the breakdowns before before we give some of our uh, some of our uh, game break our game. No, I want to give it now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, quarterback. Yeah, well, I'm going Broncos on that one. I think yep. Russell Wilson. I, I'm not even a Russell fan. You know, I. You know, I have not uh, never been a big Russell guy, um, you know, let Russ cook. But this year I, I'll give him I'll give him his credit. Like he has been playing better this year. And it seems like, you know, having Sean Payton as his head coach, maybe that is paying off a little bit. Um, so, I mean, I will say at this moment, you know, you at least got to say that Russ is playing better at this moment. Yeah. It kind of feels like Sean Payton might be regretting his coming back to the NFL at this point. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going that team. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm going Russ too. Um, I just think he Mr. Unlimited. Yeah. I, I wish I, I should put the <laughs> let's ride on the soundboard today, even though that's the most oh, yeah. overused line of all time. <laughs> uh, give it, give it wait with anything that's even remotely popular. 
the NFL and its players will just kill it. <laughs> like, like I mean, it oh, will absolutely. be absolutely overused and killed on NFL um, by players, by the Twitter, by everything within the first three weeks of the season. Um, all right, running back. I, I'm giving this one to the Bears, but you know, I, I'm a huge Javante Williams fan. I know he hasn't really worked out that well in the NFL, but I thought he was a really, really good player in college. Um. Yeah, but I'm still giving it to the Bears. Yeah, I agree with you there once again. I went with the Bears. Um, I think we're yet to to really see them at their best, though. And, and I've, uh, I meant to bring it up in that postgame podcast like uh, for the Chiefs. I feel like that fumble happened for Khalil Herbert, too, just because like, I think we're seeing it from some other members of the offense, too, just players trying to try a little too hard, you know? just trying to absolutely like make every play work out. And he was just putting in as, as kind of like unlogical as it's, or illogical as it sounds like he was just trying too hard to make, get a little bit extra yardage. Um, and that ended up costing him getting the ball punched out. So I think we're really yet yeah. to see the bears running backs play up to the level that I think they can. I think we've seen the flashes. We've certainly seen, you know, some great flashes from Roshan Johnson. Um, but I'd love to see, you know, the, the backfield really kind of take like that running game, take an identity too. you know, yeah. like, you know, Roshan Johnson really come in, still be able to break off, you know, some big runs, but come in and deliver some power and let Khalil Herbert, you know, bust out some big plays. I mean, he's been good at that in the past. So we really need to see that, um, you know, really come into full force. The, the rushing attack has been much worse this year. And I think that's a huge aspect of the offensive struggles. It's just you'd think it'd be better with some of the upgrades we have along the offensive line and having better perimeter players. But, man, last year they were they were actually really good. I mean, they set a franchise record for rushing stats. I know a lot of that was based on Justin Fields. But, I mean, they also w- were running the ball really well, which is, again, a, just a key staple of Shanahan offenses. And this year, it just has not nearly worked out, like not worked out pretty much at all, to be completely honest. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a major concern. So completely agree with you on that. Uh, wide receiver and tight end, I'm giving both those to the Bears, too. Yeah, I mean, tight end, I had a little bit of a question mark because I've just I haven't been behind um, Komet's play. I think personnel wise, I, I would err on the side of of the Bears. I mean, the Broncos have what, like? Dulcich or Dulcich. I, yeah. I don't know. I've never never been able to pronounce his last name correctly. Which he's definitely a quality player. Um Yeah, I mean I'd go with the Bears and then wide receiver wise. Is Jerry, is Judy banged up for this game? He yeah, he is know. banged up, but he all he could yeah. play, I think, but I, I don't think it's likely. I think like fully healthy. This is kind of an interesting conversation. And I feel like too it's because like Cortland Sutton in my mind has never quite played up to the expectation or like his potential. I think, I think there's still room for like his game to be there. Um, and I know obviously he had his, his red flags kind of coming out of the draft, but, and he had some struggles with drops, but he still has ability to make some like big splash plays. Um, and, and last week he had a solid game. Like I think maybe fully healthy, you know, if Judy's fully healthy, then maybe I, I err on the side of the Broncos. But I think that, um, Ultimately, I'd probably pick DJ Moore out of any of these receivers, if I'm being honest. So I, I yeah, would give it to sure. the Bears. Um, and, you know, we need Fields and DJ Moore to stay, um, 
you know, keep that connection going. Um, you know, obviously in the Tampa yeah. Bay game, he was able to get over a hundred yards, caught the touchdown in garbage time, um, against, uh, the chiefs. So hopefully it just keeps, hopefully we can get that hundred yards and, uh, and a touchdown. That'd really be a nice way to jumpstart the offense this week. I'm gi- I'm giving the offensive line to the bears as well. Um, I think, and I, this is again, whose offense is going to look better this week? Probably the Broncos, to be completely honest. I think this is one of the most evenly matched teams that will play this year. Um, as far as like, I don't know, performance, I would say. I, I do think that this Bears team has a lot more hidden talent, but it's just clear on offense that so much is to be left desired. Whereas the Broncos do have Sean Payton and they also have, you know, Russell Wilson, say what you will about him. He is a Super Bowl winning quarterback um, and he has a lot of experience in this league at this point. He's so Nick definitely Foles. very, very <laughs> true. Very true. Joe Flacco also. Why don't we sign him up? <laughs> yeah, right. Do we uh, let me ask you this. I, I should have been more keen on the injury reports, but do we know who this what this starting offensive line is going to look like? the bears i mean i would assume nate davis is back because he hasn't been on the injury report that i've seen okay so we got darnell Wright, we got nate davis cody white here and then we just don't cody we just white. don't have braxton jones yeah Meh. okay i mean like it's tough uh you know i think definitely fully healthy i give this one the bears easy um I will still go with the Bears. I think the Broncos' offensive line has certainly had their struggles so far this year. Um, that being said, though, like like you just made the point about the offense in general, this offensive line for the Broncos is probably going to look well. Okay, the the Broncos aren't even really that great up front anymore either. But this, you know, the Bears are probably going to make the Broncos' offensive line look not too bad <laughs> yeah. with how they've been getting pressure so far this season. But I will go with the Bears. Um, yeah, then we can kick it over to the defense. Yeah, so defensive line, edge, and defensive tackle, I'm going Bears. <laughs> this might be the only team in the NFL that I will give this season the the upper hand to the Bears. Um, you know, I know they, they've got guys like Zach Allen. I, I'm not overly huge on anyone. I think specifically <laughs> Yannick Ngakwe is going to be the best defensive lineman on the field. And that's not saying that says a lot about both of these teams that a guy that was literally left unsigned until what was it like a week before the season started is the best defensive player on both teams. Um, yeah, yeah, th- that's 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 a concern. Uh, and it, I mean, th- this defense again was give it like they they let up seventy points for a reason. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean certainly, I think that. In this case, like edge, I think is is the Bears. Um, I think like defensive tackle, like I, I don't know. I've yet to be blown away from the Bears' defensive tackle play, though. So it's really hard yeah. for me to put them over anyone. Like I know, like I said, I mentioned before, Jerron Dexter's had his flashes. He's been able to clog run lanes, which has been a good attribute for him. Um, I think you know his ability in pass rush situations. I think we're still working on. I think that get off is still. Uh, a wee bit of an issue. Um, but I mean, certainly it's his rookie season. Like he's going to be working through this probably for most of the year. Um, I guess I can err on the side of the bears. I'm just not really overly thrilled with anything that they're doing, um, on the inside of the football 
And I think that, yeah, like you said, it's as indicting on either team as far as how their defensive front is completely contrary to what the Broncos used to be. And the Broncos for the longest time had such scary defensive line, especially off the edge. Um, But, you know, times have changed. (laughs) Well, and especially when, like, they were in a system where they were just bringing in young pass rushers that were mentored by the veteran pass rushers and pairing, like, a guy on a rookie contract with an experienced contract specifically like Ware and Miller and you know and then when Miller Miller started to get a little bit older they brought Bradley Chubb and ended up trading him um yeah I I think I think the Bears get that one I could see defensive tackle that one I think is truly a toss-up I maybe it is the Broncos Broncos. yeah maybe it is the Broncos um linebacker I'm going Bears I think that's kind of the easiest one on here and then I'll just read off the rest of mine for I for the defensive backs, cornerbacks and safeties, I'm going Broncos with this one. I know, like, I think cornerbacks, like, it would it would it would certainly be a different conversation if we were healthy at cornerback. But I do Patrick Sertan is certainly the best cornerback on the field. Um, Bears definitely have more depth at that position than the Broncos do, but that is one. Safety was one that I was I would really struggle with to pick if everyone was healthy. I would maybe I think I'd still lean the Broncos to be completely honest. I might go the Bears, but it, I, yeah, and I might go the Bears there completely healthy, but I don't know. Yeah. It seems maybe. like we can't even can't even stay healthy for a game at safety. Yeah. Like Yeah, within the game. Like it's yeah. like seriously. Um and we it should be said also that Eddie Jackson is likely not playing in this game. So um that is a concern as well. Um, not that not that he's had a great season, but no, yeah, I mean, but he's been banged up already, uh, which yeah. was was always going to be a concern. Um, and with Brisker, it's so much so that he just plays the game so hard that he almost takes himself out of games sometimes. But yeah, um, certainly always an exciting member of the defense. Um, yeah, I mean, talk about exciting. Unexcitingly, I'd, pr- I'd probably agree with you with those three right there. I mean, linebacker, it's like we're going to default to the Bears at linebacker all the time. It's just, once again, I'll, I'll drive home the statement that we really haven't been able to see great linebackers play the way great linebackers play because they're cleaning up so much of the mess of the defensive line. Um, and, and it'll be interesting. I think linebacker is going to be an interesting position in this game because, you know, Iberflus, you know, hinted at bringing, you know, five or six. Um, so I'll be curious to see if they use, you know, a DB to bring that pressure. Uh, is it bringing Brisker down or is it blitzing some of these linebackers? So it'll be interesting to see that in action. And also, too, what that means, if you're bringing five or six, this team is probably going to have to drop out his own coverage on um, scheme-wise on some of those situations, especially bringing six. Linebacker room or cornerback uh, room, too, which. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But. You know, just something to note, I think cornerback-wise, yeah, I can't say any better the best corner on the field, even though he got lit up last week um, as Sertan. Um, and, yeah, safety-wise, you know, I think Eddie Jackson, if he was available um, with Brisker, I think I might err on the side of the Bears, but definitely not the situation for this week. Um, and, yeah, hopefully Brisker can can – complete the full game i think that you know he's gonna be as banged up as the bear secondary is like you know if i'm even i'm like yeah playing intense but like we need you out there like please yeah. stay in the game 
it and i'm gonna reserve honestly all hate towards the secondary until we get a even remotely nfl like nfl quality and uh uh, defensive line in front of them because it's i mean it's when you don't have a defensive line play you might as well not even play cornerback it's just it's in it's almost impossible to have a team where you're just like, Oh, the cornerbacks are playing amazing. Thank God. They're really carrying this defensive line. That doesn't happen. It's all about timing. And if you give wide receivers enough time, they will separate. Yeah. And you know what? That really kind of sparked up an idea in my mind as far as what's one player that we haven't talked about enough this year. That's like a big issue. And to me, that's Dominique Robinson. (laughs) Yeah. Where's I mean, this man been? He's, yeah. <laughs> and I haven't even checked like snap count or anything, but the fact that I can't really think of anything notable that he's done all season is an issue. That's why I also struggled to even like discredit guys with like Jervon Dexter, because when you're a young defensive lineman, you kind of rely on the guys around you to get like less pressure on you. You know, like if Dominique Robinson had Khalil Mack on this team, might be a different story. Um, but that's just so not the case right now. It's um, it's really unfortunate. I, I'm gonna call out Demarcus Walker for how much shit, for how many workout videos he was posting and how much hype was drawn up for him. Man, his came out and and, and had nothing but duds. I'd love to see his pass rush win rate because I'm sure it's incredibly low. At least. At least on some run plays, he's been somewhat noticeable, though. Like, I've been, there's yeah. been some games I've watched, and I'm like, run. that's Demarcus Walker. Like, I have been yeah. watching these games that I have never been like, oh, that's Dominique Robinson. Very true. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely true. Um, like, we're getting to the point that I don't even know the names of some of these depth players on our defensive line because they're just <laughs> all not making any plays. <laughs> It's uh, it's, it's kind usually of like something you wait for like week like fourteen to say you're like who are these guys? Yeah. <laughs> but welcome to week four. <laughs> oh man. All right, let's talk game plan. Um, I I think that the the very clear game plan here is that as the Bears, you need to get the ball first, and you need to start hot, and you need to stay hot. Like you this Denver team is not built to play catch up ball. So if you can start hot and get some points on the board, you might be able to force some errors. Um, you also need to constantly convert in order to, in order to uh, stay hot and continue. <sighs> Man, I, I'm reading these yeah. things off and I'm laughing in my head thinking about this actually occurring. Cause it's not going to happen yeah. um, on defense. Like, like, you don't need to do a whole bunch. I mean, this team is 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 truly broken on both sides of the ball. I know offensively they are better, but like just you know, get a few stops on defense. That's all you gotta do to win this game. Yeah, um, I'm concerned for the defense this week. If I'm being honest, uh, offensively. I would love to say, like, yeah, put this team in a track meet back-to-back weeks just like the Dolphins did, but I have so little faith in even getting that first score, you know? Like you had mentioned, like, yeah, start hot. That sounds sounds great. Like, let's get on the board. Let's, you know, put together a strong first half. But 
I'm like, what's telling me that this first drive they're not going to go three and out? It's like, yeah, they certainly could. Um, so yeah, I think offensively, I definitely made a note of um, find a way to develop an effective ground game. I know you had talked about it, went into it a little bit. Um, you know, have something, and I'm not saying this even has to be Justin Fields, but let's let's go ahead and develop the ground game so that we can. You know, obviously build off of that. You know, we talk about it doesn't really have to be said about building play action off of the ground game, but have something working, utilize your running backs, get Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson active into the games. But I also made a note. Let's let's run, run the football smart. (laughs) Let's not after a big play. We don't have to slow the game down with two back to back runs. You can run it. But definitely don't do it back-to-back times for minimal gains. That really kind of, after inflating everything up and, and building some of that momentum, building some of that positive energy, that's a really quick way to deflate everything. Um, I think attack the middle of the field, too. I mean, I think that that's something that's really been missing. Um, you know, other than some, like, zone beaters where where Fields has been able to hook up with DJ Moore, like, you know, sometimes just getting the ball into the middle of the field has been a bit of a struggle. And I think that also comes with like having, getting Komet involved. I mean, he has gotten some receptions and some targets, but it hasn't been anything significant over the middle of the field. You know, I think there was, what was the game where he popped off for like three touchdowns? I'm blanking on that last year. Uh, was it the Eagles game or the Dolphins? Might have been. Might have been. But they, whatever they did that week, they're really able to scheme them open and get them on some some deeper shots, work in the middle of the field um, to the numbers. So, I mean, that'd be something yeah. that I think would be great um, to do offensively. And, and really, they just got to get some foundational building blocks there. Like, start to build something offensively that gives you a remote, like, appearance of an identity. Um, defensively, you know, find a way to pressure Russ. I mean, that's like, going to be up here every week until the bears start getting sacks um what is there like 59 players in the nfl to have more sacks than the whole bears team yeah which is incredible um once again it's an issue i mean last year we're like there's no way they can be there's no way they can do worse than they did last year and they're doing the classic hold hold my beer um but (laughs) uh mix up coverages though especially when we bring in pressure i'm tired of just letting the soft zone get eaten up all day like you know, at least watching the game. I know that's what the Bears, and I know that's what Eberflus's MO is, but I, I'm I'm tired of it. Um and, and finally, you know, kind of the the, the Jim Harbaugh, right? The Wee fence, jump start offense with good no field position defenses. defensive. It's a Wee fence. Exactly. Gotta work together, get the defense into some uh get you know, defense get some stops or turnovers that puts the offense with good field position. Um, and let's get some easy scores. Went into it heavily talking about the Chiefs uh, pregame about, you know, really what the Packers did to us as far as getting Jordan Love in some real favorable situations. And, uh, yeah, the turnovers, unfortunately, in the Chiefs game came way too late in the game where it really made little difference. Yeah, exactly. Um, It's just it's so difficult, and we'll get into the prediction now, like just talking about these things like – Seriously, this is a team you should be able to run against, and maybe that's what makes this Bears offense work. Um, especially, I mean, we saw all saw the picture of the run Devon A. Chain had uh, on, on this uh, Broncos defense last week, where like nine of the players were on the ground, <laughs> um, just completely falling over each other. But and and so that does give me faith that like if you just 
even if Getsy goes to the the staple back to back run or the double curl, this might still work. Um, yeah, that'll but, work. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll do it. Yeah, I gotta play it again. <laughs> I'd say that does the trick. That'll do it. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, I'd say that'll do it. <laughs> the double curl. That'll do. It. <laughs> oh, that play does not exist. I need to get. Trick. I need to get JTO Sullivan's uh, voice on yeah. this. That, that that play does not exist in football. <laughs> right. Um, but at like again, we're talking about team lost 13 straight. I did fact check you, Reese. It is 13 straight right now. So this would be 14. Um, we're talking about a team that's lost 13 games straight. 13 games straight with some pretty talented offensive weapons, a quarterback that was very successful at the college level. And a coaching staff that's apparently good. Um, I don't see this team as having the ability to win. It it would be crazy. You know how many of those thirteen losses last? Uh, well, even the just the ten game losing streak at the end of the season. You know how many of those are predicted to win? And teams I thought we'd win against. I thought we'd win against the Falcons last year. Did we? No. I thought we win against the Giants. Did we? No. Like there's so many teams that should have been just shoe in games, even for the team last year that they still managed to, to, to lose against. And I do feel a little bit like the Broncos and Sean Payton is a little bit like after that 70 point loss, they're a little bit like, Hey, thank God we got the bears next week and we'll walk into soldier field favored. I mean, it is insane. I, I, I hate, I hate to be the Debbie downer, but again, I, I promise on this podcast, I'd not predict a win until they win a game. Because I'd rather they make me wrong. Um, I'm giving it to the Broncos, 27-24. Kind of following the line there, three points. Um, yeah. No, that's definitely reasonable. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks like uh, for the game, for the kickoff, obviously a nice old nooner uh, for us. Well, I guess the 1 p.m. Eastern for you, but a nice early kickoff. Um, we'll really get to enjoy the rest of football after after that. Um, I, I can't see it being any less than a touchdown difference. Honestly, I have to go twenty-seven to twenty. Um, okay. I was I was flirting wow. with twenty-six for the Broncos. I yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, I think like twenty seems like a good number for this Bears team. I feel like they're gonna hit twenty, but just twenty a decent amount of times this season. You know, that's yeah. like. Our offense has some talent, but we're completely dysfunctional. <laughs> like yeah. that's what that's what twenty consistently tells you. Um, I think like I didn't think I'd be scared of the Broncos' offense, but just the fact that we can't get any pressure, like as much as that played into Mahomes' hands last week, I feel like that plays even more into Russ too. Like that man is used to always running for his life. If the Bears can't get pressure. He'll be happy yeah. to sit back there all day too, and then kind of drift out of the pocket when he feels like it. Um, that's what ultimately scares me. You know, each team is is I think probably about morally as low as <laughs> you know you can be heading into this game. So obviously someone's got to take it. Um, I think the Bears do have a fighting chance. Like, how can you not say you don't have a fighting chance against a team that you know just got seventy hung on them? But the offense has been so lackluster. Um, consistently with consistent issues that I can't find a way to, to predict them to win um, or even bring it as close to you said, you know, kind of closer to that line. Um, 
Yeah, I think it's going to be a full touchdown that does it. And here, here's honestly what I'm going to say and what en- ended up making my prediction kind of certain to me. This Bears coaching staff sucks, and Broncos have Sean Payton. I mean, good, bad, good coaches, no matter the team around them, find a way to win games. And this, t- this coaching staff is the opposite. They find a way to lose games. <laughs> no matter so, how improbable the odds. You know? Yeah. Seriously, I mean, it's it's insane. They they truly find a way to lose games. And I could see this being another situation where the Bears have a chance at the end of the game to go and win the game, and they don't. <laughs> How about a, can we, you brought up the Giants game. Can we, can we dial up a muffed punt? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that would be. Uh... And we're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. And the last thing, the most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. When's that happening? <laughs> Not anytime soon. Uh, all right, Reese, but I think that's uh that's a good place to kill it. It's uh it's gonna be an uh, it's gonna be a long season. Uh, I hope that they could turn it around. I hope that they I re- I truly hope that they can. I I the, I wish to all of our new listeners go listen to our podcast a couple months ago and and even last season and see how optimistic we typically are about this team but we are seriously in the sad hours of being a bears fan so yeah and no definitely definitely not optimistic about this team but i will tell you um definitely optimistic for this podcast i want to appreciate i appreciate and want to thank all our listeners um I don't think you made too much of a deal about it. I don't know. To me, it's kind of cool. Um, I believe that for all time, we hit 30,000 downloads after oh, yeah. either our last pod, our last podcast or the one before it. Um, so that's cool to me. I really appreciate yeah. y'all and definitely something that brings me a smile to my face, especially during these dark times. So uh, thank you all. Yes. This podcast is always up, you know? Uh, maybe maybe we'll uh, we'll start we'll pick another team this maybe we're a Kansas City Chiefs podcast starting from now <laughs> the chief necessities we'll we'll find a way we'll get through it yeah. <laughs> but again please leave us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts we'll really appreciate it and again we re- especially if you're listening now we read off every single review on the show also listen to this nice little guitar solo from whoever made this song uh. all right guys thank you so much and bear down. Bear down. There's no offense. There's no defense. It's, it's a defense. Okay. Nice. Man, this just keeps getting keeps getting better. I feel like each time we kind of keep up in the our podcast. You know. Yeah, we're growing. <laughs>